Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joy podcast from LGBTQIA plus community radio station Joy 94.9. For more information and tons of other podcasts, head to joy.org.au. So we uh, have our next guest in the studio with us. We do. We have Hamish McIntosh, who is a choreographer performer, dancer, artist, teacher, researcher, PhD, candidate, like you name it, <laughs> who is here to talk to us about a new project called a Ni- uh, sorry, Like a Knife, The Horizon, which is going to be happening at midsummer soon. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. So, Hamish, it sounds like you have quite a few different things under your belt. So, before we start talking about the Midsummer Show. Um, I'd really love to know a little bit about your artistic background and how you ended up here. And in particular, I mean, what you're studying for your PhD sounds really interesting. Queer theory, ontology and death. Mm. Um, Well, my background is in contemporary dance. Um, I'm from Aotearoa, New Zealand originally, and I trained as a contemporary dancer back home in New Zealand. I moved to Melbourne in mid-2019 to pursue my PhD. Um, but broadly, yeah, my background is in in, in ye old school Western theatrical dance. Um, I've always been a little bit of a philosophy nerd and a bit of a visual arts fan. So they kind of feed into my practice as well, and particularly my PhD. Uh, like you mentioned, um, the kind of the three core themes of my of my current kind of practice and research is ontology, like the nature of dance or what is dance, what counts as dance, um, and also queer theory and death, which is uh, a theme very personal to me, but also, I suppose, in many ways, uh, very personal to many members of the queer community. Mm. And I mean, it's really interesting that you mentioned like what is dance and ontology, given that you're making quite experimental durational pieces. So have you done these long form projects, sorry, long form dance pieces before? Yeah, I've done a few durational works. Um, Back in New Zealand, I had like a four hour and an eight hour solo um, project. Um, And that was kind of my first foray into these more durational works of dance. Um, but you're right to say they're probably more experimental slash performance art in nature. Um, but I like to be a little bit annoying. Um, I like to still call it dance. I think there's yeah. a, there's a certain- it, Cause I was going to quiz you on that, but I thought we'll let, let's get down the track a bit. Uh, because it sounds as if it's, you know, like a more theatrical than dance. For sure. Um, I think that's a valuable and valid lens to, to look at the work as, um, but I'm, I'm also like what appeals to me about a work like Like a Knife the Horizon, which is mainly running, um, is the kind <laughs> of idea that what separates a choreography in a more like theatrical context from something that we'd otherwise describe as performance art. Like what's the difference if we get down to brass tacks between um, a more traditional work and something that's more at the periphery or more experimental? 
because they still involve movement, they still involve bodies in relationship with other bodies, in relationship to time and space. There's um, a capacity for it to be about something like a lot of dance works are. So, yeah, it's a bit of a curiosity for me personally, but also as an artist. And, and do you find that people get a little bit confused sometimes with where you're going and what you're doing? Um, f- for sure. Like, when I tell people what I do or about some of my you other works... You see their eyes glaze over. And oh, think, for sure, for sure. <laughs> um, it's, this work, um, you know, like a lot of the imagery is um, a little bit weird, a little bit off-kilter. Like, the, the costuming for the work is effectively like Care Bears. <gasps> and to kind of imagine four Care Bears running a marathon in the Melbourne heat is... Yeah, like you already start to lose people at the at the, <laughs> the first post. Um, but there's, I think, you know, like um, when you nut it out and you talk to people more about it, I think people come on board. Um, mm. But but then again, where you're performing it, all of a sudden, you you, know, you say the venue and you say the the, the person who you know like started it all, and people you know like uh, in the know would just nod and go, "Of course, that's happening there." Where where you're performing it? It's at Temperance Hall um, in February, February 11th, I believe, as part of Midsummer. Yeah, and you're quite right. Like um, Philip Adams, who um, pushes like, the boundaries very much. Um, like my works are probably relatively mild by comparison. <laughs> um, Philip's such an auteur of kind oh, of the experimental dance. Yep. Um, and, and you're like always uh, want, wanting to push um, you as the artist a little bit further. And, and, and you came there through your PhD, is that right? That's correct, yeah. So um, Philip and the team at Temperance Hall uh, very generously supported the exhibition of my PhD work um, in October of last year. And kind of through that relationship that we built um, exhibiting that work, um, yeah, there have been some really fruitful conversations which has led to um, this project that I'm so excited about um, for Midsummer. Right. Well, um, help our audience if they don't know about um, uh, what the the whole's all about. Um, what are you going to expect when you walk in there? Are you running a marathon with bunny ears on? Uh, well, well, that's in your media release. Um, well, tell us what 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 uh, you're running around in circles. Um, running around in circles was the backup, but. Um when audience members come to the to the hall in February, they can expect to see four treadmills kind of aligned ah, in an installation. Okay. Um, and upon each treadmill will be a different dancer, um, a rabbit, a frog, a cat, <laughs> a teddy bear, um, running towards each other. So, like, the treadmills are set in this kind of cross shape. The dancers are moving across five hours towards this middle point that they'll never quite arrive at. And audience members are invited to watch them for as long or as short a time as they want to, just to kind of get a glimpse at this process of exhaustion, this gesture of exhaustion that we're kind of pursuing in this work. Um, In the context of Temperance Hall, you might be thinking about, you know, Philip's history and other artists' histories of making these queer-identified experimental works. Um... I think it sits within that kind of, I don't want to say canon, but it sits within that kind of group of, yeah. All right. Uh, so, if you're not reaching each other, mm. um, the, the, the four runners, what, where's the queerness um, or is it just the extremeness of it? That's a great question. I think part of the queerness comes from the experimental kind of aspect of it. Um, 
But as, I, as we talked about earlier, um, I'm really interested in death. Um, and death has a unique kind of relationship, particularly in Western culture, with queerness. Um, there are some scholars and theorists who talk about how a lot of Western homophobia, for example, stems from a certain um, a fear of death, if you will. Um, a classic kind of example would be the moral panic around homosexuality in the 20th century, the association between, for example, queer men and a threat, air quotes, to children. And long story short, this threat, um, towards a certain form of life has come to mean that a lot of queer people are, at least in Western um, culture to an extent, kind of vaguely associated with death. This okay, I would never think that. Neil, you're... No, I, well, I have to think a bit more about that one, actually. You, you, you've opened a f- I think that... I, I, can, I, I can get it. I, I get see where you're it. going with that. Yeah. I think even um, if we look back at like the late... 80s, early 90s, when the um, AIDS was rife, you know, there was so much stigma against homosexual men in particular. Absolutely. And well, it, it stopped me from coming out. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, death was absolutely closely related. And also just there's, unfortunately, so much violence in the world against people who are queer mm. of, like, of any type. Um I think I can I can definitely see where you're coming from with that, but I don't have a PhD in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither do I. Um, touch wood that I get there. Um, it's for sure a contentious kind of yeah, idea. Yeah, because uh, especially for a young person like yourself, mm. um, where you're not feeling that, like um, as Eve said about the uh, back in the eighties with the AIDS uh, a pandemic and. Um, uh, and me, as a man, you know, coming out, then, well, I, I didn't come out. I didn't come out until I was in my 40s. So, you know, like with you, at, at, you know, at your age, it's so easy. So that's why I'm really enjoying the, the aspect of it that you're looking back instead of mm. looking forward in a way. Um, for sure. My, like my relationship as a, as a young queer man is obviously different um, with regards to the HIV AIDS pandemic. Um, I think for me, um, I have a history of, like so many queer people, a history of depression and suicidality. And so death um, on a more personal level is something that's very kind of deeply tied to my experience of, of my queerness, um, of my sexuality. And so moving away from those kind of broader theoretical kind of scaffolds that inform my research, um, I guess I'm, in one of a better word, a bit of a morbid person. I think there's a curiosity to death and examining and talking about death um, that's fruitful. In the case of this work, no one's dying, but the gesture of the exhaustion. Ex- yeah, because well, tr- it uh, goes on for five hours. Five hours, that's yeah. it. Um and we felt that a marathon was kind of would be a broadly yep. understandable yep. kind of symbol of like oh, yeah, like you see some people collapsing and exactly and, you know, like close to death in a way. But what I'm loving about it is the fact that um, it's a frog. There's a bear. There's a rabbit uh, doing it. Um, so uh, there's um, a fun element to it. Yeah, I think there's. It's kind of tongue in cheek, but it's definitely. Um, I think when people come into the space and they see the installation, they see the performance, it might read a little bit less cute and a little bit more sinister. But I think, especially in the context of Midsummer, um, 
it's important to think about audience as well. Um, or I'm, entertaining. Or entertainment yeah. or as well visual spectacle. Um, thematically, it also links back to this, um, you know, talking about the idea of the capital C child and about how a lot of our society is geared towards children, towards uh, reproductive kind of norms, if you will. Um so, yeah, the kind of Care Bear outlook is a little bit of a, a sideways look at um, how kind of more heteronormative notions of what a family is yeah. and, like, what we should be working towards in terms of a future. Um, a bit of a reference to that, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Sound f- absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And so, you can come and come and go. You can come and go. You right. can stay for a minute or stay for five hours. Right. Um, there'll be uh, – op- you can walk around the space, around the performers. Okay. There'll be seating as well if you yep. are keen to camp it out. Um yeah, I would. It's from one p.m. till six p.m. on the eleventh of February, right? And there'll be a performance going on in the upstairs space as well from um, duo Gemma and Molly, who are an, another uh, young queer dance duo. I think we've got them on in a uh, couple of weeks. Oh, time. gorgeous! Yeah, yeah, gorgeous. All right, and where where is Temperance Hall? Temperance Hall is in South Melbourne. Yep. I believe it's Napier Street. Yep. Um, pretty hard to miss. It's a good old-fashioned um, temperance society hall, beautiful yep. heritage building, um, and I'll be on the ground floor. Brilliant. Uh, well, lovely meeting you, and um, and you know, like come back and, and tell us more when, when you've got um, other stuff happening. I'd love to. Thank you so much for having me. Thank, Thank you, sir. Thank you. We've been talking to Hamish McDonald, McMac, sorry, Macintosh here on Joy 94.9, Sunday Arts Magazine. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community radio station, Joy 94.9. For more podcasts or to support Joy by becoming a member, donating or subscribing, head to joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy.